Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or StockTwits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Yeah. Yep. Jensen. Uh, Mr. Lindzen, how are you? KJ. What's your middle name? What's your middle name? Mm. Olaf. <laughs> this is it's going to be a Mexican standoff here on the middle name. Flick Is your middle name Flick Flack Fluke Flack? It's close, yes. Yeah. What is it? It's actually Ivan, but it's not Get written. Get out of here. It's not written the way you think, but you know, that's fine. K-I-S, kiss. Knut Ivan Jensen. Okay. That's me. Jensen. I'm Andrew Hal. Ooh, Andrew Hal. No, Hal is the initials. Is there a dash? I heard Andrew Hal, Jimmy, yeah. Junior. Andrew hyphen Hal. There you go. Big Cat Linton. Exactly. Well, glad we got that taken care of. Whew, I need an Adderall. You just you just brought me right down. I was ready to go with this show. <laughs> well, so what happened? Did you, uh, were you up biking? A little flat tire. Huh. Yeah. Oh, well. Part of the game. Shit happens. Shit happens. Dead of the summer. Uh, but you wouldn't know that in San Diego, it's 80 degrees. Where What's what's temp down by you? Oh, we're going into a really hot one here. I think we're up to about 109 today. It's going to hit 111 tomorrow, I think. Beautiful, if it's you like. Yummy. You know, from 6 to 6.15, there's no better place. <laughs> yeah, right. The uh, Heather Hartnett on the show today. Great. Panic with friends. She's known her a long time. Not that she's old. I call her foxhole smart. Which I don't use that term much. People that just, you know, get shit done. You want to be be around them. They know how to uh, lead, create, uh, come out on the other side. Human ventures. We had Joe, uh, one of our partners, a friend of mine on the show around his attention capital, but he's also a partner at Human Ventures. So I wanted to have uh, right. Heather on. She found some time to talk about human ventures in New York and what's happening in the city and She's built uh, a studio and they invest and uh, think through the startup world uh, pre-COVID, during COVID, post-COVID. They're right in the heart of, uh, they're on Park Ave, right around 30th Street. So they're right in the center of town. And uh, she'll give us a good feel for uh, what it looks like. Looking forward to it. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. Just check in. Because <laughs> yeah. you, know, you are the producer. Well, that's true. I could just cut it off whenever I want to. But I wouldn't. All right. So let's get her on the uh, horn. Hello. Hello. Howard. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. <laughs> Just all right. <laughs> Just all right. I've learned that, you know, like Howard's turn, there has to be a lot of awkward silences just for effect. Yeah. You know, I think everybody, it's all relative right now in terms of that question. How, how are you? <laughs> you I'm know, every right. day. Is are you, are you hold up in the city still or are you outside the city? So I, up until a week ago, I was in New York, uh, you know, spent the entire you know, March no. to, yeah. yeah. And then, and then I did end up coming West. I uh, seeing some family. So quarantining on the West coast for a little while before seeing some family, but New York's been great. Yeah. So you living in the city? Yeah, I've I've been in the city for over ten years, and this uh, this time has been one of a kind for sure. We we experienced um, I feel like decades over five months. 
right? It's just like every single thing. And now we're like zombie, what's going to happen next? But uh, the soul of the city is trying really hard. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, the thing is that New York has this New York strong, you know, it's just no matter what happens, there's this resilience that comes through and people talk about it. But when you're there, you really, really feel, I mean, we had every possible thing and, and now weird weather things. And But what's beautiful is that people find the art to come out during those times. People find the camaraderie, the hospitality. When I left, it was really interesting. All of the restaurants started to come out into the streets and, um, People just like to support each other. So it's a, and there are no tourists, right? Because nobody's coming to New York right now. So it's just a very no different tourists. city. But Yeah, it'd be a great time for me to just go set up my podcast right in Times Square and just start doing shows. <laughs> You'd be the only one there. <laughs> what? I'll be there Where'd too. You oh, Knut, you're coming? I'll be there, of course. All right, you go first. Just test it out for ah. a week. Test out the sound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Heather, where were you before New York? Uh, before New York, I, I um, you know, I'm, I'm from the Midwest originally. People don't necessarily know that about me, but um, from outside of Chicago and I've lived everywhere. I lived in Europe for, for most of my high school, went to school back in the Midwest. I, um, I lived in Boston and then, and then moved to New York about 10 years ago. And what's your favorite place so far to have lived? New York, for sure. Wow. Oh, I, I was in San so. Francisco too. I, I skipped over. I was in San Francisco. I started my career and venture out in San Francisco. Well, we knew you weren't going to say San Fran, so it doesn't matter that you said it now. The, yeah, uh, I forgot that. I forgot that time. <laughs> you got out of there just in time. Good instinct. Yeah. And uh, do you have kids? I don't. I don't. I've been married about five years, but starting a business, starting, I, I, we used to joke that all of our companies are our children. Right now we've got, you know, 29 companies in the portfolio and, and each one has, uh, has a lot of demand. <laughs> Luckily, your children are digital. I don't know. If I had physical <laughs> children, uh, not by children, I mean not the two that I have, but just physical assets like restaurants. I think I, I say if I had two restaurants versus 100 digital companies, it'd still be harder to run two restaurants. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what got you into the digital space? I want to talk about the future, but what got you into digital and in, in previously before Human Ventures? I just, I, I've got... I yeah. know everything, but just give a little background. Yeah. You know, I grew up with a long line of entrepreneurs in my family. So uh, my father and mother had had several businesses. My uncle, Gary St. Dennis, he's out there in the in the uh, on the West Coast. He he started a company, 1-800 Dentist, when I was younger. Um, I always grew up around entrepreneurs and that was just the kind of the way of um, my family. And when I graduated school early 2000s, it was, you know, what company are you going to start? And I, I didn't know what I was going to start. So I um, had a family friend who was in venture capital and he said, well, why don't you come out to the West Coast and you can see what I do. I talk to founders all day long and we rip apart their business plans and we figure out what to invest in. And that was the first time I was exposed to venture capital. And, you know, at, at that point, it wasn't as widely known and, um, you know, not as, as ubiquitous, but my dad is an entrepreneur. I used to think about venture capital in terms of, uh, you know, it was vulture capital at that point. He said, you never take venture financing. So, um, but it's changed? come a long That's way. the same today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm just kidding. So keep going. So yeah, your dad. No, no, it's changed. So you, yeah. At many levels, it's, you know, the narrative's better, but, because uh, the venture industry is kind of like dentists, you know, we just gotta, yeah. we gotta sell the, we gotta sell the, uh, sell the pain, package the pain better. The, um, so you write at a school to venture, huh? 
I did. I mean, it definitely took a circuitous path, uh, you know, to, to starting my own fund. And the, I was in venture early and I got, I kind of got the bug, but at that point, there wasn't a, a lot of trajectory for me to be able to, to have a career path there. So I did start on the operating side. I was in several companies and I moved out to New York actually uh, in philanthropy. So I was working uh, in philanthropy and opened up the New York office of the David Lynch Foundation. And that's what brought me to the East Coast. The movie guy? The movie guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was all meditation and all all that? Right, right. um, He's been practicing meditation for 40-something years. Mm -hmm. And he started bringing it to inner city school kids and um, populations who suffered from traumatic stress. Now, my background, I've, I've been meditating since I was very little. And so this was something that was near and dear to my heart. And so I uh, kind of, there was this time where it was just a rocket ship, you know, nobody knew about meditation. And then all of a sudden, um, the David started, you know, bringing a lot of people along uh, to the awareness of what the, the health benefits are around meditation. And, and so I couldn't pass up that opportunity. And I moved to New York, opened up that office, and we launched with this huge concert with Paul McCartney. He, he's been meditating for years and years and years. And so he, um, he got Ringo and Ben Harper and Cheryl Crow, Howard Stern was a part of that. Um, and that launched the foundation in New York. Wow. And is it, who's running it today? Uh, Bob Roth runs the David Lynch foundation. So he's, um, famously, you know, if you, he, he's a teacher of Oprah and David Letterman, they all, call, they call him meditation, Bob. He's, he's fantastic. Oh. He's been teaching so I, for most of his life. So I'm the only idiot that doesn't meditate. <laughs> you know, do you I meditate? think you'd really you like it. I do. I do. I, I meditate twice a day. I try to do twice a day. That's what the, the prescription is for transcendental meditation. Transcendental. What does that word mean? So transcend, you know, to go beyond. Transcendental is to go beyond. So it's, it's allowing your mind to settle down. I mean, it's a very simple, simple technique. It's, and people say, you know, Joe Marchese, who you had on the show, he says, I can't meditate. I can't meditate. And I said, everybody can meditate. It's, you know, we used to teach inner, you know, school kids at 13. Well, I figure, tell me if I'm making this up to curb fit, because I'm a curb fit kind of guy. I just, <laughs> I don't do anything. And then I, I say, whatever I do, I curb fit to say, see, I do that. So, um, well, other than milk, because I drink milk and you're not supposed to, so I can't hide that. But I with that's strong advertising. I bike ride and I find that I go in and out of meditation for one to two hours. Yeah, that's the same. It's it's kind of autopilot, right? You go on autopilot. Or some athletes say that they go into the zone, or musicians say they go into the zone. What I like to say is meditation is a way to do that in a repeatable fashion you know, just hmm. being able to calm your mind. And so er, there are many different types of techniques. And if something works for you, go for it. If it's running, if it's biking, you know, whatever, um, this has worked for, for me, you know, and, and actually Ray Dalio has touted from Bridgewater Associates that, you know, meditation, he attributes all of his success to, to practicing for the last 40, 45 years. He was the one who underwrote the David Lynch Foundation in, in New York. And so that's, that's what moved me out there. Wow. Have you met Ray? I have met Ray. Yeah. He's fantastic. Is he a nice guy? He's so smart. He's so smart. Yes. Really quali- like, quality human being. Like book smart or, or Howard smart? <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> trick question. First trick question. The, uh, <laughs> but I, I have found that other than writing, which isn't meditation at all, which is um, 
which I would say, because you do that, I would say it's more uh, process and just part of the job. But biking changed my life four years ago because I biked on and off all my life. But it's it's how I drop in and out of. Like I still have to pull over occasionally and write notes down because I'm insane, and I don't, it's dangerous to to do much more than pull over. But uh, if you're meditating, you're supposed to not have those thoughts, correct? Uh, you you don't push away thoughts. This meditation, you don't push away thoughts. But I, I think it's beautiful. If you find that meditative quality, you know our mind naturally wants to expand and naturally wants to find those uh, moments that you feel that inner peace. And so you can't try to do that, right? So it's it's the key thing is being effortless. And I think it's beautiful that you find that when you're when you're writing, because yeah, when people always say, "Oh, I've, I got my best idea in the shower," because it's you're doing something else and you're on autopilot, and that's when the creativity can flow. That's when you, you can kind of tap into the the subtler parts of your brain. Yeah, this thought of me naked, even to myself, this showering happens <laughs> to me in like thirty seconds because I don't want to catch a glimpse <laughs> of anything. So I knew no you were going to get off of that. There's a lot of rapid movement, and that is a call. We have a call, no. Yeah. No, like, well, we got, we got off topic here. But I do think it resonates with founders, too, because, you know, you're, you're, you have to be resilient. Your mind has to be resilient. You have to constantly be running, you know, rolling with the punches. And so uh, I know a lot of founders who, uh, who do practice different types of meditation to, to kind of keep on top of their game. And investors, too, because a lot of this stuff is instincts, you know. So how are you honing those instincts? So anyways, that was fun because you know what? You know something about meditation. I don't want these newbie TED space people. You actually did this. So I'm sorry. That's what happens on the show because it's my show. And we're out of time. So next time you come on in about three years, we'll talk (laughs) about 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 investing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can can we run over? Of course. Uh, Sorry about the phone call there. It was just a routine emergency that I put on hold for a couple of days because I'm a venture capitalist and they can wait. So... um, First question, because now we have a little bit of background, but now I'm off. All I can think about is meditation. Is who sparked you to go out on your own? Was it just you? I'm going to start Human Ventures and go. Yeah, no. So, so you know, I was in venture. I was an operator. Then I, you know, took this detour with philanthropy. What was so neat about that going into New York was that you, you, it's kind of an undercurrent of all these other industries. And the next generation of philanthropy really coincided with founders. And I and in New York, there's this really interesting group of founders who were building and they also had a strong kind of social uh, good side to them, right? Whether it was mm-hmm. Dennis Crowley and Foursquare and you know some people were starting Charity Water, Scott Harrison and Charity Water and all these. And so the um, next generation philanthropist was really the technologist. And that's where I met mm-hmm. Joe Marchese. Um, we, you know, were kind of in the same circles around founders and um, and founders who wanted to do do good, and his wife Christy is a good friend of mine. And amazing, she's, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So they're just a really great um, couple in in the New York tech ecosystem. And I had kind of married my philanthropic background and investing, and went into impact investing. So hmm. I was at a fund called City Light Capital in New York, and um, and I was starting to see something that really changed in early stage venture, which was. Um, you know, there's been multiple generations of founders in San Francisco. So you have this ecosystem that's been built up. But in New York, it was pretty disparate because there were founders in all these different industries. But where was the hub? What's the magnet to be able to have all the founders come together and help each other build? 
And Joe had a similar idea. And so in 2015, he sold his company. He said, I'll be your first backer. Let's, you know, let's start Human Ventures. And we had the same thesis around the people, you know, the humans, the good humans who are building. It's all about the people. It's all about the people. It, what's amazing about the people, I've told the story when Joe was on, it's like, I'm in New York, can't get a hotel on hotels tonight because that's how I live. And he just invited me to his house. We were at dinner. First time I met him, he's like, ah, come on over. And I met Christy and I'm like walking around in my underwear to half ambient out. She goes, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. She's used to, it's not used a to sight, it. right? You don't meditate after <laughs> seeing that. The uh, Forever, maybe. The so And Christy's got a great new startup of her own. She does. Yeah. Story Space. And you guys are backers. We're backers. Yeah. So, so Christy's been in the film industry for a long time. And even pre-COVID, she really saw where the distribution of independent films, you know, w- they wanted to go beyond physical locations. So she's got a really interesting platform now called Story Spaces, which is connecting uh, licensed films uh, to your home, the streaming services to be able to to do that. I mean, it's brilliant. It's one of those it's things brilliant. where you're like... It's like, yeah. it's evolving by the day. I just got the full pitch. I'm going to have her on because she's just so smart and it's just such a big idea, but it's a really, it's like COVID. I don't know if it could even happen without COVID because this goddamn film industry is just seven, like Tom Cruise putting off his movie is like the dumbest thing of all time. It's just yeah. epitomizes Hollywood. Yeah, it's it's really, um, but it, you know, what I love about living in the world of founders is they look at these times as just complete opportunities. So people who are really building right now with the new world assumptions, I think it's it's really an exciting time to be able to build value, create value. Yeah, and, and that's what it is. It's about creating value. It's not about unicorns. It's about, you know, creating value. So, so New York is the place because that's where all the high rises were and the new high rises are really low rises, which is, you know, networks. Uh, yeah, underground, above Ooh, I like that. cloud space. And of course, it's going to be New York. And God bless San Francisco for showing people the way. Uh, but, you know, uh, cats out of the barn or whatever they say. So yeah. I'm yeah. with you, center of the universe, New York. Both my kids want to live there. Rachel actually is working downstairs in San Diego, but has a job in Soho. So, you know, at, at Rally Road. And my son uh, is also working for Great a company. New York based company. So, right. Yeah. Like, so it's like, who wants to go to New York? Everybody's leaving, but my kids want to go to New York. So I'm kind of happy. No, but what's, I mean, okay. So if you're physically in New York, that's one thing. It's really important to do that. But right now when everybody's, you know, uh, everybody's all distributed, you still have the essence of New York, which is the networks. Like you just touched on it. It's the networks. It's what it's what creates that flywheel. So yeah. And look, in venture right now, I think that the biggest returns are either first money in or last money in. So it's this barbell approach that's happening right now. And uh, we are able to create a platform to help founders at the very earliest stages of launching their companies. And so we were there from the beginning. And then uh, we have that risk appetite because we're all builders ourselves. We're all founders ourselves. So we understand the the milestones that need to be hit at that very early stages. And then we de-risk that opportunity. And then everybody else who has, you know, a little bit less risk tolerance, they come in once the thing's working. Yeah. And it's I okay. tried to talk you out of the studio model because I'm a, I've been around this forever. I remember the early conversation. I'm like, I like everything about it, but eh, you're going to hate the studio model. And, <laughs> uh, but I still invested because the people, but. How how have you evolved from the beginnings of what Human Ventures is, if at all? What, what Explain what you guys are doing. Yeah, so we started as a true studio, which means that we incubated companies uh, from scratch in the studio. What's happened is that there's so much talent. There's so many founders coming from other industries, 
um, really interesting people. So we have now moved to a cohort-based program. So we do a 100-day business design sprint with phenomenal founders. A lot of times they're uh, they're repeat founders, right? So it's a, it's an entrepreneur in residence program right now. It's not in residence, but it's virtual and it's been working really well. And so we get the founders from that really earliest stage zero to, um, you know, to a price seed round, uh, cause that's where the big gap is right now. There's, there's a, more metrics need to be there, more traction. Um, so we're, we are comfortable being early cause it's all about the people. And we have that repeatable process that we've been able to do over and over again. But the whole putting a wall around and calling it a studio is what I think my problem was. Um, yeah. It's sexy. It's sexy. Oh, Hollywood. But it's not. It's not doable. I mean, no, of course it's, it's, it's doable. It's just not the right term for what this is. Yeah. And it's a community. So you come through that program and now you start to have a group of people. We look just what you were talking about, Joe. He's so generous. Um, what our, you know, our philosophy is if you invest in a group of founders who want to help each other, it's one plus one equals 10. You're investing in a portfolio that's it's amplified. Yeah. Cause I'm cheap. I, I like to say philanthropy is my network, you know, hop on and go as huh. fast as you can. So, cause I'm cheap. So do you think there's some truth to that to let me off the hook a little? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think. Hey, thank you. Right answer. It, no, but it always comes back around. Yeah. 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 The, the, the generosity, the greed's there, the fear's there, but the generosity to me with time and attention, uh, not just money is what separates this boom from previous booms. Yes. <laughs> the, that was well done. The, <laughs> I mean, if you agree, it's short answer. So what is it about, what do you think has changed now six months into COVID. Forgetting New York, just founders and ideas and pivots. And what are, what are you seeing that's interesting? I, I mean, everything sh- shifted, Howard, everything. Yep. I think people understand that the last 10 years have been in investing in kind of nice to haves. And we are looking at more around the need to haves. So we talk about our categories and our thesis is around the human needs economy. And what does that mean? It means digital healthcare is now, before COVID, it was important. Now it's a given, right? And so where are all of the massive, um, you know, platforms that are going to be able to make that a reality. The future of work and your livelihood, personal finance, uh, where you're working, how you're working. It's all, it's all changed. It's not just remote, but it's all the mindset around where that's going. And then the other thing you just connected, you just hit on is community building. How are you creating community? And, and people, you know, people say you can't do that over Zoom. No, you can't, but there, there are definitely platforms now that are helping think about community in a very unique way. And what is an exam? And will you back anybody from any country anywhere? Are they well now that it's not necessarily a, a quotation mark studio. Is it? Doesn't matter where the founder is. It doesn't matter where the founder is. We have been domestic to date. You know, we we hope as human grows, subsequent funds. You know, we'll be able to to grow and expand. I do. I, we look for talent, right? So. There's talent everywhere and access has not been everywhere. Now that's distributed. And so how can you create those platforms so that, that people can, can uh, you know, use those compounding learnings? Yeah, I think, I think it's, you're going to see a lot more investment distributed. And what's the company that's kind of shot out over the first four or five years that you're like, wow, nice job? 
Well, it's good you asked that. We're actually co-investors in one. Um, so we we were early first check into uh, Current, which is a digital banking platform, and uh, they're doing very well. You know, totally they were founder. Able- I had Stuart way back in the panic because he's such a good finance guy, and I wanted him to talk about the panic. Uh, that's you know, the show started is just like, oh my god, don't panic. Now it's like maybe you should panic, but what would you panic about? Because everybody's not panicking. The yeah. so and he understands markets and people and finance, and he that's a hard like. I mean, I you told him all the reasons why it was just kind of like I told you about studio first time I met Stuart. Yeah. Oh, was the night that I met uh, Joe. Joe. And yeah, so we were at dinner together randomly, and I loved Stuart's energy and everybody else is like, oh, not another neobank. Then meanwhile, that's five years ago. Now everybody's a neobank. I think my mom called me with a neobank today. The, <laughs> um, so that's that's totally founder. Current current with this great domain name, you know, uh, neobank for young people. So you guys wrote the first check. We were early. And we were early. Was, yeah. In 2016. And he's he's kicking butt. He's really kicking. And he, it's just such a testament to him as a founder, as you said, because he has to go through so many different pivots and so many people saying no and all the regulations and he he would run through walls. So um, that was one. There's another one called Paloma Health, which is uh, a telemedicine platform, and they started verticalized in in hypothyroidism, and it's a you know an end to end solution connecting endocrinologists with those who suffer from thyroid challenges, which is a growing population, and they have a big community around that too because a lot of the the customers want to talk to one another. And so they started that early. That one's doing really well. Um, we have a company called uh, Tiny Organics, which is a it's a baby brand. And they started with organic baby food. Huh. They are subscription service. So that was a frozen, it's frozen organic food and it's it's shipped. And they just saw huge growth during COVID, right? Because everyone- A lot of these food companies did, right? We just put money with yeah. Adam Slutsky, Gather Ventures, who I had on the show, like, and he's doing plant-based food investing such a huge industry. Yep. Yep. Plant-based food. And we, so we generally look at these big trends, what's going to be massive over the next five to 10 years and who are the right founders to be the catalyst to bring that into fruition. And it's really about the founder. Right. And so how do you put the vibe out? If you're advertising today, what are the big five trends that just get you excited post COVID now that you had some time to think about it? Or three trends? Well, yeah. So our next big cohort is around future of work. And okay. the four areas that we're really excited about. And so you can, you, right now the applications are open, right? So we'll generally get 500 to 700 applications and we'll pick uh, 12 to 15 founders who are building together. And huh. um, the areas that we're really excited about, one is, uh, you know, lifelong learning. We just think that now you're, you're exactly. constantly... Dead on. Um, the other, you know, obvious one is re- remote work or, or new work environments, how people will be working in the next several years and that's changed dramatically, but it already had started to shift right with families and locations and technology. Um, the one that I'm so excited about Howard is what we call beyond the resume. So how are you looking in skill mapping? How are you looking at your skills and mapping those to different career trajectories? So we used to talk about the career ladder. Now it's more like a career lattice, right? There's all these different points at your career that you can change things that are a job now weren't even a job when I was in school, right? So, so how are you constantly uh, upskilling and reskilling to be able to, to think about those skills beyond your resume? And then um, the last one is worker well-being. 
uh, how is your employer really thinking about you as a human being and what are the benefits and, and how, what's retention looking like now that you really have to think about culture and this new paradigm shift. So those that we call it the human side of the future of work because so much of it's around the individual and, and how they're going to be working. Oh my God. I love it. Wow. Lucky me. I'm an investor. So (laughs) it's such a good idea. I totally believe, you know, I'm obviously all those things, but for markets, you know, I'm just, all I think about is like, how would that fit in to make me smarter investor? You know, because for me, it's like, how do I learn the language of money? The most important global uh, language, the good, the bad, the ugly of it is, do you speak money? Do you understand price? Do you understand behavior? Obviously, you know, I go outside that occasionally for great founders, whether it's, you know, Lazaro, which we know at Buddy Media or, you know, uh, well, you know, a bunch of stuff. But mostly I apply everything to finance and lifelong. I'm on a lifelong journey of learning about the markets. Yeah. And I, I think you'll start to see employers take a much bigger role in education of their sure. employees, you know, to, to, keep, to keep them and to keep upskilling. Yeah, yeah. I can think about the last time I really looked at someone's resume it was, I don't know, 10 years ago. Uh, and yet we still tell kids, okay, hey, send me your LinkedIn or your resume. And it's the last thing I look at. I'm sure I should because I'm not an operator. But like I want my – with so many potential dropouts and deferments and change of – like it is so beyond the resume at this point. Yep. Yep. And that, I mean, so that'll translate into how you're getting jobs, your career path. We look at that in terms of founder assessment. We look at founders, you know, the the person who's, what's their distance traveled? What's the chip on their shoulder? What's their risk tolerance? You know, are they a founder that does understand networks and ecosystems? And those, you can't, you can't get that from LinkedIn. So what's the platform that's going to, to show the whole person? Uh, You know, that's, that's a huge opportunity in white space, I think. So who's up and comer there? Like, I know you do seed stage, but who, who do you love? Okay. So knowing your thesis around the early stage, who at the late stage or public do you admire around the future of work and, um, you know, beyond the resume? And how does that look in the public markets to you or, or late stage? It's a great question. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of, we'll probably start to see a lot of M&A activity that's happening because, Correct. you know, LinkedIn right now, they should be looking at all of the companies that are thinking about Correct. this, you know, and they're just there. I don't think anyone's going to be disrupting LinkedIn. I think there's going to be niche verticals. I think they have a really powerful platform. So how are you expanding that? Um, better or better up, you know, they just raised another big round, their coaching platform. I mean, people who are investing in professional development of their employees, I think that's really, it's a new thing, you know? And then it also, you know, our other areas in health and wellness. And so what is the mental wellness, the mental well-being of your employees? There are all these platforms that are doing that. And we talked about Headspace, Talkspace, Calm, those uh, that are really B2B platforms. I think the next generation of that's going to start to, to come so out. Which too. of the planets buys and rolls in Headspace, like a Spotify or beyond that, a Facebook? So so in a world where you have these planets, you know, Fang and Microsoft and maybe Tesla and now that they're profitable and LinkedIn's obviously by Microsoft, really, it's, it's, it's LinkedIn. Only LinkedIn can blow it, like if they miss buying the right companies and let that, that planet develop. Because right now, who yeah. do, what do they care? They can sit back and let their product degrade. They have all the users and then just tuck in whatever works. It's kind of like not fun at that. Meaning like to be a public market investor, you have to know the private markets because you got to know which are the up and comers. And my mistake with Microsoft is, yeah, I don't like LinkedIn. I don't use it. But they're in the position to buy every up and coming future of work beyond the resume company. 
Yep. Yep. I mean, there's some really interesting things happening around um, community too, which I think those platforms are going to look at. You know, there's this company called Clubhouse, right? Which is an audio platform yeah. where people are talking. It's kind of next generation podcasting, but it's 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 audio. They've created now um, a space, I, I, regardless of whether or not they're the ones to do this. I think people are loving just connecting in a way that that's a new media form. Right. And so how are you then using that for business purposes? I think that's going to come out, you know, and like a clubhouse for stocks where you can just get well, they should have you on. Do you- people really quickly in real time. It's, it's the future. That's the future squawk box like clubhouses, UI, yeah. et cetera. I mean, it's like if I was going to back the rat founder around verticalized clubhouses, that's, you know, finance and sports are, are, are huge talk radio slash lifelong education, real time education. Clubhouse is a beautiful new expression of that. Yeah, are you you're hosting some of the the clubhouse talks? I did for like a week and I was like, listen, come to me when someone's just doing it just because I was like the only idiot talking about stocks. Like, what do I, I don't want to hear myself anymore. So it's just like, I don't want to do the heavy lifting for Clubhouse. You know, if Clubhouse is a success in a year and every single stock person is on it. Yeah, I'll be there. But to talk yeah. to Mark Andreessen and the people I, you know, that I like, but I don't want to talk about the same shit every minute. Yeah, no, there's, but there are other platforms like we just invested in one called Upstream and, Ooh. you know, they, there is a really interesting platform too, where you're, you're meeting people in, a, in right now, how are you meeting people? How are you? I used to go to conferences every other week, you know, and you were constantly meeting new people. And there's mechanisms now where it's not just Zoom, but it's built into understanding what people need from one another. And in order to do that, you need to know how to value match you know, what the things are that people need for business or, or personal and then connect them in a meaningful way. So that hmm. connection is really important. I'm still roulette, so obviously I'm a little behind. <laughs> so, that's that's uh, not even one point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that. I, I was like not so old that I couldn't throw in something that wasn't a reference that you still understood. That's my skill. Oh, no. That's my superpower. <laughs> I love the, it. So upstream, is that a platform or a community? Right now it's a community and then they are expanding B2B. It will be, it will be a platform. Yeah. Ooh, so I got to introduce, will you hit me up with, uh, I'm talking to the sleep guys that you, you know, sleep, oh, definitely. the sleep guys. Will you introduce me to the upstream peeps? I will. I will. Yeah. Alex, he, he used to do um, social rank. Remember social rank? It's oh, really cool. great, great, great team. Yeah. So they're, Ooh, they're are experienced. They, are, are they in New York? Yeah. Awesome. So, so, so people don't understand this. Like Heather and I don't have to talk every minute, maybe twice a year, but like we're emailing <laughs> all the time, like, cause we know what each other likes. It's just this weird ambient. This is the thing, right? Like this is the thing. Yeah. It's the, I it, and it's finger on it. I can't teach people it. It's not. And by the way, it doesn't mean you can't learn it, but I don't know how to teach it. You can only do it and then do it every day. And then it becomes kind of like a habit, which becomes, you know, it's just beyond the resume. I can't, I don't know how to put that on a resume. Right. Right. And people say, Oh, I have a network. Everybody has a network or your network is your net worth, but it's really the mechanics behind how are you keeping up with those people that you enjoy and how are you, you know, adding value to their life. And then that flywheel is something that I think is, it's now becoming more and more tangible and that in the early stage venture environment, that's really the key component to it. And then you start to see that those networks are, we're very, very intentional about expanding our networks too, so that we're finding talent in different pools and we're, we're underwriting talent essentially six months ahead of, of, and that's where our big arbitrage opportunity is with human. Love it. Fully bullish. What, uh, do you have a favorite company that you look up to or CEO? Ooh, that's a great question. 
That's my job. You know, I, I always think about this because I think the profile of founders are changing, right? 15 yeah. years ago, the founder had to be a certain archetype. Now, you know, the founder has to be so much more even to, to navigate social paradigms. And so it's hard to find that really good human who's, who's been able to build at a rapid growth and rapid pace. I, you know, a business I've always looked up to, um, to Sarah Blakely. She started Spanx. I think she's hmm. phenomenal. Uh, you know, true bootstrap business understood the need grew as fast as that company needed to grow. And you just, you see her persona. She's so genuine. She's so authentic. I know it's kind mm. of out of left field, but I really have thought a lot about this. Who are the people who really inspire you to the core? And she's, she's phenomenal. Um, how about you? Who, who do you look up to? Uh, yeah, I'm bad because I'm so focused on the markets as it connects to my job. So I just, no one can pass, like you just said, no one in 2020 can pass any smell tests of best, like you just said, that's a trick question. I didn't mean to, to put you on the spot because there's no right answer because everybody under the blue light or black light or green light is a fucking monster, it seems. <laughs> uh, you know, in well, 2020, for- I'm like everybody's under the Microsoft, you know, you used to go outside in Phoenix and you would put like the, the black light up against your wall and you'd see scorpions. But if you didn't have the black light on, you didn't see anything. And, you know, today the black light is social media. God forbid. Yeah. I mean, you, it's tough, right? Even public markets, it's even more important. You have to know the people who are at the, the helm of the company and what their values are and what they're, how they're building their business more than ever. Because one person, one employee can take down your whole company. So I think more than ever, we're starting to see this ethical frameworks and values that drive the culture of the business is so important, which all stems from the leader. So, I mean, I think it's, it's undervalued knowing who the people are you're investing in. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I was like fucking barstool, even though I don't use the product, I was barstool bar, when he went into finance and then he did Trump and I'm like, all right, good for you. But like, I'm done with the brand. I'm like, if that, you know, I knew he was trying to get to the top and that's his job. But once he went there, I'm like, I don't care what your brand stands for. I didn't expect you to go there and I don't need it. It was just like, yeah. it's so, and so we're all so picky, like fully give him credit and style and hope the stock goes to a thousand. You know what I mean? Like, but I've, you lost me. You lost the narrative. And look, everybody has their the right to to uh, make their Absolutely. own decisions and all that. But you just have to be true to your brand. So if your brand stands for something, then you have to have that integrity to keep in that direction. You don't have to agree with it, but I I love when people are true to their brand. Yeah. You just need and to. I'm trying to be true to, to my yourself. brand, which is if you lose me, you lose me. I don't care. Like go do it. But right. Like uh, right. I, I, this is the public of stock of me. It's like once you lose me, like I'm gone. Like there's yeah. so many choices for where I want to put my money. I don't think people understand that. That goes to the ongoing education. Is there a public stock that you just love company that if it drops 30%, you're buying it tomorrow? <laughs> uh, I've, I've done a lot of that. I bought a lot of the, uh, the ones that dropped in March, you know, of the airlines that I think treat people well, I think. But in terms of tech platforms, I, you know, I, I'm still bullish on Slack. I think they've been able to be a staple for every, through this entire time. You know, it's just woven throughout. Um, DocuSign, they were really ahead of the curve. I mean, overnight success after 20 years. I mean, it was successful from day one, but overnight in a sense of, why wasn't I using that? Like now I just, COVID helped me because if someone sends me something to sign, I go, you fucking prick, send it in DocuSign. Yeah. You know, they have extreme product market fit when they have one product and they just do it really well. They don't even do it that well. Like get it in a font that I can read for Christ's sake. Like, not everything about it is a bad experience. And I still say, send me a DocuSign. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Carta is not public yet, but Carta is a you know cap table management tool. And I've always been really impressed with how they're building to their company. And, uh, you know, they, they're a staple for everybody in the, in the ecosystem. My biggest miss of recent history. I thought it was a pass at 4 million, you know, because I'm good at this. <laughs> you are good. You're, you, can't, you can't win them all. <laughs> the lesson is you still miss home runs. Forgetting about yeah. like, I'm talking about every day I wake up and like, what was I thinking? Well, yeah. you know, this is a category defining time though. I mean, Airbnb, I still, you know, they've taken a huge hit, but they are now thinking internally about their brand, about how they're treating their employees, about what their new policies are going, and, and they'll weather the storm and then they'll come out the other end. And I think people who are really taking this time to be intentional about how you're going to grow in the next five years, those are the ones that you got to look for. Oh my God, intentional. I'm going to... That's such a good word that uh, you can't do better than that. I'm going to end on a high. I could talk to you for hours, but I'm going to no, just have you back because you're so on point. And I got to have Christy on and I got to have, anyways, human ventures, very intentional people, very intentional uh, product, company, vision. Glad I'm a part of it, even though I don't do that much. But uh, I got a couple more leads out of here after this. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Cool. And the sleep one. So sleep is important too. Where do you, where does that fit into the new thing? Is that part of? Yeah. Health and wellness for sure. Yeah. Sleep was a big part of that. And I just want to say thank you, Howard, for being such an incredible supporter of human from the beginning. You know, uh, we have, we're lucky to have that incredible investor base that's committed to see us succeed. So we are thankful for everything that you've done for us. I know what it's like. I was there with you in certain cities dealing with crazy people. We know this business pretty well, the ups and downs, the highs, the lows, but uh, you're very, very thoughtful around how you're thinking about this. And Joe, I guess, is he day-to-day or just helping you as kind of like a mentor on the side? He's the consummate entrepreneur, so he's constantly starting new businesses, right? So he is- He's just wicked smart. Yeah. Every time I talk to him, and it's fun that he's now kind of reading my stuff and did the podcast, I didn't know him that well. And it's just like the amount of stuff coming out of that brain combined with his wife, Christy. I mean, Jesus. Well, and coming, I mean, he attracts other incredible founders too. We have, we, we have a bunch of Joes, you know, and that's the, that's the best part of, of the job is just being around people who see through the matrix and they are constantly building. All right. Well, yeah, great. get back to work. Good to talk to you. I'm glad you're, uh, you're well. And you plan to just hunker back down in New York when next month? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're and and it's been all, all virtual, right? We've been busier than ever. I think you earn your stripes going through a downturn as a fund manager. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. how many people now? Just quickly. Uh, we have twenty. Twenty people and at Newman. Are you actually hiring or no? Right now, we're not hiring. We we're, we're calling for entrepreneurs. So we yeah, want calling more for entrepreneurs. Humanventures.com. You have the new class going. Uh, send your plan if it fits into what you heard today, or hit me up and I can forward it to Heather and the team. So uh, we did our small bit. Thanks for spending time with us. Thank you very much, Howard. Enjoy the rest <laughs> of the week. Thanks. Talk to you soon. K Nut. Hey. Flu Flack. What's your middle name again? I said it once, and that now I'm just kidding. It's Ivan. Oh, yeah, Ivan. God, I, I think of Ivan. I think of the grumpy Bulgarian. <laughs> What'd you think? Heather's great, huh? Yeah, she's great. She's a breath of fresh air. And I didn't want to get it. into that whole thing. I get yelled at all the time. Not all the time. <laughs> I get yelled at. It's like more women. I'm like, if I had more women friends, I'm not supposed to have women friends. Right. We're not. I'm not even allowed to have friends. I've got kids to raise. COVID to battle.
the uh, Heather is just, she always shows up in my events and has to deal with like, like this industry, 80, 70, 90% guys. Right. Never brings it. Just, just battles, get shit done. Sends right. me good deals. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. Speed, style, creativity. Anyways, Heather, thanks for coming on. Canute, panic with friends twice a week. Make it easy to subscribe. Go to Spotify, go to Apple, search my name, search Stock Twitch, search Linsanity, search Panic with Friends. I have a free blog, howardlinson.com. I thank Stock Twitch for taking over and help produce the show and uh, spread the word. Uh, we like talking to founders, traders, investors, creators, thinking about the future, talking about panic. There's no panic in Heather. That's, you know, in the end, panic is only cool if you're doing it when no one else is panicking. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks, Knut. Thank you.